was too afraid to voice aloud what she practiced in whispers to herself each night. Yetunde would know for certain she had demons if she said something in English. How old is she? the white asked. Yetunde stroked Muna's hand. Fourteen. She's my firstborn, but her brain was damaged at birth and she finds it hard to learn. Tears dripped down the bloated cheeks. Was this not tragedy enough? Must my precious Abiola be another? There's no reason to think the worst yet, Mrs. Songoli. It's not unusual for ten-year-old boys to truant from time to time. I expect he's at a friend's house. He's never truanted before. The school should have called my husband at work when they didn't get me. We paid them enough. It's irresponsible to leave a message on an asaphone. The white crouched down to put herself on the same level as Muna. You say you've been out all day, but what about your daughter? Where was she? Here. We have permission to teach her at home. A house speaker comes to tutor her each morning. Yatunde's bejeweled fingers moved from caressing Muna's hand to stroking her cheek. Children can be so cruel. My husband wouldn't want her teased for her disability. Does she have any English? None. She struggles even to speak Hausa. Why didn't her tutor answer the phone when the school rang? It's not her job. She wouldn't take a call intended for someone else. Yetunde pressed a tissue to her eyes. It's so rare for me to go out. Any other day I would have been here. You said the first you knew that something was wrong was when you returned at six o'clock and listened to your messages. The crouching white examined Muna's face. Yet, it must have worried your daughter that Abiola didn't come home at his usual time. Will you ask her why she didn't tell you as soon as you opened the door? Yetunde pinched Muna's waist. She's talking about Abiola. Look at me and pretend concern. Say something. Muna turned her head and whispered the only words she was permitted to use. Yes, princess. No, princess. Is there something I can do for you, princess? Yetunde dabbed at her eyes again. She says she thought he was with our older son, Olubayo. He takes his little brother to the park sometimes. A great sigh issued from her chest. I should have been here. So much time has been wasted. Muna wondered if the white would believe such a lie and kept her gaze lowered for fear the blue eyes would read in hers that Yatunde was being deceitful. Muna's life was less painful for being thought too simple to learn any language but Hausa. You realise we need to search the house and garden, Mrs Songoli? said the white, rising to her feet. It's standard procedure when a child goes missing. Abiola may have hidden himself away rather than go to school. We'll make it as easy on you as we can. But I suggest you take your daughter downstairs so that your family can sit together in one room. If Muna had known how to see humour in a situation, she might have laughed to hear Yetunde order Olubayo to treat her as his sister. But humour and laughter were as alien to her as smiling and speaking. Instead, 
She thought of the kicks and slaps Olubayo would give her once the whites had left. He was big for a thirteen-year-old, and Muna feared for herself when he changed from boy to man. So many times recently, she'd looked up from her work to find him staring at her and rubbing his groin against the doorframe. From beneath lowered lids, she watched the expressions on Mr. and Mrs. Songoli's faces. How anxious they were, she thought. But was it Abiola's disappearance that was worrying them, or having the police in their house? As Yatunde had brought her downstairs, Muna had seen that the door to the cellar was open. A bulb now glowed in the overhead light at the top of the steps, banishing the darkness she'd lived in and showing that her mattress and small bag of possessions had been removed from the stone floor at the bottom. She thought how harmless her prison looked, brightly lit.